0: Welcome to what lies beneath a Seattle Kraken podcast. This is episode four and here's what to expect. We've got a big week of Kraken reaction. We've got to talk about all the games that were played, uh, the breakdowns, the standings, the scores. We got to talk about that salmon toss, which is the greatest, newest tradition in hockey. Should the Kraken have a mascot? We got to go over some tweets. We're a big fan of no dumb questions. And Joey's got a good one about face-offs and getting pitchforked. What does that mean? We'll tell you. And in hockey history, Turbo's holy compression shirt this week, it inspired me to look up some of the weirdest rituals slash superstitions in hockey. So we will go over that. So with that, let's find out what lies beneath.
1: going my name is Jeff to music and this is Joey Cirillo dude what
0: a week we've got (laughs) so much hockey to talk about Halloween was insane yeah I I do want to start off really quickly though is Mm -hmm. this is this podcast is for Seattle Kraken fans this is a hockey podcast but this is not a stat driven podcast we got a we got a three-star rating this week and 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 we got we got pinged for not giving too many hockey insights. And I'm going to tell you is you know uh, I'm not a big stats guy. I love hockey so much. I love watching hockey so much. But if you are just learning about the game, this is a podcast for you. If you've got a, a no dumb question, if you've got a dumb question that you want to ask, this is the podcast for you. But we have fun here. We talk hockey. We get into some stuff. We start talking some stats. We start giving some insights here. But I just want to let you know: if those things sound good to you, then we got a great show for you uh, tonight. So let's 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 get with it, dude. How was Halloween for you, Joey?
1: Halloween um, was really great. And you know what, though, I'm going to back you up really quick and kind of and kind of give you some more credit here. I think we do include some stats that are relevant, but we're not just going to rattle off things that we hear during the game. And the comment on the review was really funny because the individual wrote, and quote, Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford are better, are the better what lies beneath duo. And so I will counter that comment with my own quote from Harrison Ford playing Norman Spencer in that very movie. The quote is this We can put this behind us, our life can go on. It is not too late, and I'm saying that to you, uh, at uh, Kyle, who left okay. that comment. So, <laughs> okay.
0: well, look, I, I, if we're gonna get chirped, which you know, which means basically getting some, uh, getting some some flack, then uh, it's got to be good. And he did bring that, so I, I appreciate that. But he is no longer living rent free in my head. So, you know, uh, with that, uh, so Halloween, uh, you you we lived parallel Halloween lives this this past weekend. Um, you went on some sort of crazy bar crawl.
1: Yeah, kind of, um, kind of parallel to our hockey lives, right? We're on brand new to it, and you're a lifelong fan. So, um, yeah, I really tied one off. I did a uh, a bar pong bar crawl on Saturday and had a pivot last minute to a costume, so I showed up thirty minutes late. Um, I was Chaz Reinhold from Wedding Crashers, Will Ferrell. So I was out all <laughs> night in a in a red kimono silk. So, I think I'm starting to get a little sick here, <laughs> so um, and that's why I was curious. I wanted to hear about your Halloween, too, because I was out kind of bar hopping around New Orleans, and for those not familiar, um, there are a lot of bars here that are twenty four hour bars, so the night ends when you when you decide to call it a night, which is really, really dangerous.
0: yeah, yeah, well, look, and also too, as somebody who is a transplant to New Orleans, I've discovered that New Orleans does Halloween you know different than anybody else just like new orleans is pretty much different than anywhere else in the country right and it's very um sarcastic it's very like people just get into it here it's not just like oh go to spirit and buy a a costume like people think this out and they get intense so i i would say look follow us on twitter interact with us on twitter we're at kraken pod all over the place but if you dig into our profile on Twitter, you can find Joey's handle and then you should go through all his timeline of, of what he was doing for Halloween because he, he, I saw the tweet of, uh, <laughs> whatever thing, Will Farrell. And I said, Are you, yeah. did you really wear a silk kimono all night?
1: That was it. I was fully committed to the entire thing. Listen, we're very fortunate. Shirtless underneath. Oh, yeah. I was completely, I, I was sure, I was shirtless underneath, man. I had to commit to the whole thing. Um, wow. and you know, the more I drank, the more, it, anyways, it got a little weird, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> it ended up working out and yeah to your point um, New Orleans does celebrate Halloween about a week long I would say there's a, w- a good week long celebration of people going out and dressing up and whatnot and and tying into that I had the double Sunday scaries yesterday because not only was it the Halloween game at climate pledge arena cracking or playing the Rangers but I also have like the hangover anxiety where my body's just falling apart and it took all day just to get back to normal to watch hockey so here we are dude just saying
0: that that phrase the hangover um uh what'd you say the hangover hangover anxiety it's real yeah Yeah,
1: you're like oh here we go oh yeah
0: yeah we uh you know i've got three small kids a a six-year-old son and twin four-year-olds and um we went all weekend long so friday night uh I don't even remember. We did something on Friday night that involved Halloween. I'm pretty sure. Oh no. Trunk or treat, trunk or treat at school, <laughs> man. That was intense. That was intense. The kids were loving it. That was fun. And then Saturday went on a hayride with the grandparents and did this Halloween thing. Then we came back and it was kind of cool. Um, my girls, their teacher is in a band and she was playing at a place that was like kid friendly. Uh-huh. Uh, so Saturday night we went to go see a live band and it was pretty awesome. Cause I, you know, I had, you know, I got, uh, uh, they had a draft beer. Kids are rocking out to this awesome band, so that was really neat. The kids loved it. They saw their teacher singing, which was really neat. And then uh, the big the big event on Sunday was trick or treating, which you know that's that that's fun because we're we're stationed at home, so you know you know mom and dad are having a few cocktails, and we're roaming the neighborhood with the kids. Um, you know, so it was a it was a long one. I don't, I would say my hangover anxiety is is probably nothing compared to yours, but there definitely <laughs> was a little bit of a, a extra tiredness this 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 morning. So. You know, it was fun though man how and I was um I was Michael Myers I
1: so oh, just gotta ask what you were okay I,
0: yeah I was Michael Myers my, my wife was a cat we actually tried to, to freak our kids out um and it didn't work uh, I tried to like pop up from behind our fence in the backyard while <laughs> while my wife was taking quote taking a picture yeah. um and it didn't it didn't work the, the scare wasn't very big at all so uh you know but I, I the the tradition of now trying to freak out my kids out. They're at an age where they can understand stuff and uh-huh. then I'm just going to be screaming babies. So uh, I think that's going to be uh, a given here. So Halloween was, was awesome over here. The one thing about Halloween last thing is what sucks is all the candy we gave out was awesome. And I may have cracked into that earlier in the week. Uh-huh. Well, the, the candy we got back was not as good so like, I'm um, I'm a little bit, I'm in mourning because all of our good candy that we put out, the good chocolate stuff, the Reese's peanut butter cups, all that sort of like, we don't have that now. it's got like the garbage, you know, like I got sweet tarts and stuff like that from, you know, the neighbors, like, what, what, come on, what are y'all doing? We're giving out the good stuff, like step it up. So like I even digging through my kids candy is just like, ugh, ugh, there's nothing, you know, so it's probably good for me, but at the same time, I'm a little bummed. So I've got some Halloween uh, depression, I guess. So
1: Anyway. No, man, that's what? a real point that's a real point of contention. That would cause me to really be judging my neighbors like, hey, what's going on here? If I'm fully committing to getting, you know, the grade A candy, are you also like a full size candy bar giver? Do you go fun size, but the quality of the candy itself is good? I'm trying to get it into was... your head. I can I can see you going all out though and being like, I want to have the best candy for the kids and the rest of the neighborhoods, you know.
0: Well, I mean, be honest, the the wife, she, you know, my wife picked it up. So like she, but she, look, we both love our candy. So, um, you know, she got the good stuff. And so I wasn't really thinking too hard about the candy, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be giving out, you know, like somebody in the neighborhood, they gave out like the, uh, the, like a one page coloring book. Like we got coloring books. out the Wazoo. Yeah. Like, you know what, what, what's going on over here? I, I, no, I don't get know. Shit I, I, out of here. I'm going to question that. So yeah. anyway, man, well, Halloween was awesome. Also too, uh, <laughs> At Kraken Pod, Joey and I went to a spot here in New Orleans. You know, people decorate their houses like crazy. There is a Kraken house, a Kraken house here in New Orleans. You've got to see the video that we tweeted um, at Kraken Pod. That was really awesome. So we had a great Halloween weekend, but, man, yeah. we've got to get to it. Let's talk some hockey. It's time for that Kraken reaction. Let's go. All right, Joey, big week, huge week for the Kraken. We had a homestand stand. And if you remember, uh, we went into that, the, the Canadians game. I really felt like that was a must win coming off of like the letdown against Vancouver at Climate Pledge Arena and, you know, storied franchise. They, they, they come in on a Tuesday night, um, which, you know, the, the initial shakiness, the, the nerves, the excitement of having like that opening night at Climate Pledge, this was like a midweek, let's get into the grind. And man, did the Seattle Kraken deliver they ended up beating montreal the final score and then and they poured it on because you're talking about like man we got to get some scoring going like what's happening they beat the canadians five to one that was an awesome game what did you think of that game so many good things happened in that, in that uh, montreal canadians game
1: i felt like the hockey version of nostradamus i'm like we called this we called this to a t and i am not particularly a betting man but if I were, I would be using DraftKings promo code THPN if you happen to do so. And um, no, this is exactly what we talked about, which is what the Kraken needed. It was a team that they should have beaten, and it was so big because they needed to get that um, the first win in Climate Pledge Arena off their back. And really quick, too, I wanted to say, so the Seattle Metropolitans, the old hockey team, um, obviously in the Seattle area, so... They were actually the first American team to win the Stanley cup. And that was in 1917. And also that was against Montreal. I really like what the Kraken did with retiring that banner for the rafters because it wasn't, it wasn't the Kraken saying we are, we are retiring this banner because we are counting this as a championship in present day. They were retiring the banner because they wanted to honor and preserve that history And also continue to find ways to get the fan base bought into the game of hockey and the history behind it. So I thought that was a really cool moment. It got the crowd fired up. Um, The team was fired up. Eberly scores a goal, sixty-two seconds in the game, and it's over. I mean, the rest of the game, the Kraken dominated the entire game.
0: Yeah, that was that was a super fun game. And yeah, you're right. I mean, you got to do it, right? Like, yeah, like you said, are are you going to sit there and like you know point to that thing in in the rafters? You know, every game. Like it's a moment of pride, uh, you know. It, I think it's a moment of history. It is a moment of pride, but you got to do it. I mean, you know what I, was it? The Metropolitans, uh, their, you know they their last season in the league ended because of the the you know the, what was it the Spanish flu epidemic or whatever it was. Anyway, it it's it is really awesome they did that. So that was that set the tone for the night, and yeah, they they needed to score and they did. Turbo, you know, scored a couple of goals. Um, Jamie Oleksiak and Yanni Gord. They each had two points too. Uh, I, I think Turbo has delivered, uh, Brandon Tanev has delivered on what we wanted him to be, which is a goal scoring machine. The dude just gets to the net. I loved his first goal. Um, what I really like to see, Joey, is how they have now developed a rush, right? And, and, and that means like yeah. they ha- they know how to, they're they're, they're gelling, right? They're gelling, okay. okay? So that means like they're figuring each other out. They They know how to look for each other. There's chemistry. And I really loved how uh, turbo went straight to the net and they just a little like, you know, there was a nice little, you know, pass across then a a nice little behind the back pass and put it on net. And he just kind of redirected it. in. that was a goal scorers goal that, and that means that's, that's somebody who knows his way around the net understands what he has to do to, to, to score goals. They're not always beautiful, but he does those little things to be in the right spot. And he was so, I mean, that was an awesome game. And I mean, after winning five to one, you got to feel just really great. And that took us into uh, the next game, which was a couple nights later at home against the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, the Canadians, they have been struggling. They are not very good. Um, they actually just today, we're recording this on Monday um, and uh, November 1st, and they just sent their. Um, uh Calder trophy uh possible like everybody said this guy's gonna win Colt uh Caulfield this guy's gonna win the Calder trophy he's gonna win he's gonna be the rookie of the year that's what that is the Calder trophy is the rookie of the year he's gonna be the best um he's had one point in like 10 games they send him down they send him down to the farm team to, to the minors
2: yeah, he's not so ready.
0: no so like they're just really really struggling. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, uh, Carey Price. We talked about this. I think we talked about this before, is, you know, Carey Price, uh, he had to take a break and, and forgive me for not knowing everything, but I think, you know, he had some issues with like maybe some mental health. So, you know, he's been in the league for a long time. So like he's like been their guy in the back of the net and he's been their, their rock and he's gone. So everything's kind of a mess right now. So the Minnesota wild, you know, they are always traditionally a solid team, great defensive team, Always have the the defense unlocked. Goaltending is always fantastic. So, kind of thought, man, this is going to be a tough game. You know, coming into Climate Pledge Arena, Minnesota was doing really good. They're off to a great start, and the the Kraken ended up winning that game too, four to one. So, I mean, that was impressive. You watched the game too. What were your thoughts watching Minnesota? Because they they, I, I may be wrong, but they they scored the first goal in the game, which made you go, oh man, here we said, go. Oh, this shit. is not going to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's kind of like, and I don't want to say the same old song and dance, because again, you know, this is obviously a new expansion team, but you start to see some patterns develop really quickly. Unfortunately, one of those negative patterns is the opposing team tends to score pretty quick first, like five to seven minutes of game time. So I actually went on the soda pod on the hockey podcast network and they cover, and they cover uh, the Minnesota wild. And they were asking me what I thought about the game, um, you know, Uh, prior to puck drop. And I told them, I feel like this is a trap game for Minnesota because the Kraken were coming off a really good win. They handled business. Like you said, the team was gelling Tana have a couple of goals. Groovy got going. Um, I think he had 23 saves, five goals on 26 shots. Like the team is, the team's rolling. And then all of a sudden um, about an hour after I get done recording that podcast news comes out um, COVID protocol, which we have seen. I mean, that's already impacted. Kraken as well, but Minnesota yep. loses um, Zuccarello, their leading scorer, and um, Pitlick. Um, just like uh, just like the Kraken lost McCann playing against the Rangers, you know the very next game. But so Minnesota is now losing two of their players. One of them is their leading scorer, and they're mm-hmm. going into Climate Pledge for the first time. And the Kraken are rolling, and that's exactly what happens. Gru plays out of his mind. He has 30 saves, and the biggest takeaway for me in the game is. It was near the end of the second period. Minnesota gets a breakaway, and it's Kaprizov. And Grubauer has such an incredible save that completely shifts the momentum of the game. Because at that point, if they score on that breakaway, it's similar to what happened, which we'll talk about here in a couple minutes. It's similar to kind of what happened in the Rangers game where it's like this this one play can kind of define the whole thing. And he makes the save. The Kraken go on to win. They pull the goalie trying to, you know, trying to get, um, you know, a six on five situation and try to generate some scoring that backfires Um, geo fires one off the boards, like pretty much all the way across the ice. And, you know, they scored two goals on an empty net. And now the next thing you know, it goes from two to one to four to one and it's over.
0: Well, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you're tuning into this game so quickly because I, you know, I'm biased, but when it comes to sports, I do feel like hockey is so dictated by emotion and energy and changes in um, uh, uh, momentum and you're right one play like one huge save or one huge goal or a huge hit or a fight you know that can change the, the the way the game works and and how it works for your team so i'm glad that you're you're picking that stuff up because you're right it does you know it it does take over games and it does change the way the game's going you're right about the covid stuff too i mean they're missing their stars but still what i really like and and even even with you know the next game with the the Rangers loss um you know you're still seeing a lot of really good things happen with the Kraken and yeah. and again the chem- the chemistry's there so you know the it, it, the machine is 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 uh, needs to be tinkered with a bunch still but it's so much better than that you know that first week so you know we're in really good shape so they they win they beat Minnesota that was awesome and then we go into the halloween game with Mm -hmm. the new york rangers coming to seattle and we have you noticed this what i you know i I do like this it's kind of cool is as the game gets started it's always like and with that the puck drops it is the seattle kraken versus the new york rangers in the first ever matchup in the history
2: of (laughs) and like
0: every team that they're gonna play for the first time like you know i I think that's kind of cool so now, full disclosure is, you know, I watched the highlights and stuff, but, you know, for me watching the game uh, yesterday uh, was was I, I couldn't do it because it was a full on Halloween day with the kids. So, I you know, yeah. I don't know the vibe and Halloween games just really anywhere, whether it's sport. I mean, they're just they're just fun, right? There's just a special vibe about it. So, like, you watch the game.
1: I watched the I was OK. So I I watched the entire game and the feel of it from puck drop to finish is that, in my opinion, this is the most complete game. And again, very early season, I get all that. Throw it out the window. This is the most complete game start to finish the Kraken had. The end result was not what we wanted, but holy shit. The Kraken played out of their mind. I mean, completely out of their mind. In the second period alone, um, Kraken outshot the Rangers 13-2. to And overall, at the end of the game, it was 32-18 to in favor of the Kraken. The second yep. period, um, not the second period, but overall, won fifteen out of eighteen uh, faceoffs. Um, you know, Kraken go down, one nothing early. Eberle comes back. He has the what I call the no look backy, where he strikes. Dude. Oh my God, that goal, unbelievable! And that, and that we talked about him getting going, and he really got going against Montreal. I mean, again, sixty-two seconds into the game, he scores. I mean, but he's a guy that you expect to score a lot of goals, and that is. That goal that he had against the Rangers was him showing off the skill set. I mean, unbelievable goal.
0: So how, we got yeah. to we got to talk about this a little bit here yes. because yes. I was following along with with you tweeting uh, about the game, and here's the tweet: Ebbs with a no look backy. We're calling them backies now.
1: Filthy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that term, man. I don't know if I can. It's like kind of like you know, uh, calling a sandwich a Sammy. You know, like there's, I mean, are you, are you, are you team Sammy or sandwich?
1: So actually, I don't know how I feel about that analogy because I'm completely okay with sandwiches being called Sammy's. And maybe that just shows my bias to shortening stuff up and making it stupid. No, but in all seriousness, I don't expect it to stick. I just like being stupid. And a lot of times when we're tweeting and obviously on the podcast, we're just having fun and talking shit. And I just thought of something stupid that I thought I would share. Um, I, that, yeah, it,
0: if that's something that you, you came up with, calling a, a backy. I literally made you know, that up on the
1: fly. I make up 90% of my shit because I'm still new. Look at this. Show. You're coming.
0: Yeah, you are. You're you're coming in with a fresh take. Okay. All right. I'm team backy now. Now it's ours. We own it. This is, this is us.
1: All <laughs> no, right. I, so we're
0: going to call. I'm serious. We're owning no. this. We, brand right, is everything, dude. You know what? No. We're going
1: we're gonna to coin it. So now from now on, whenever we see a backhanded goal, we're calling it a backy. And uh, there's something that I have not shared with you that I want to share on the podcast to get okay. your reaction. I was really excited to see Adam Fox skate. And I only knew about him because of mother effing fantasy hockey, because he <laughs> is he's like the second or third uh, pick that I drafted. And I did some research, saw that he's an excellent defenseman. He has the goal that ends up being the game winner for the Rangers. And then actually, so again, we're recording this podcast Monday, November 1st. We're actually recording um, right before, Uh, the Kraken are playing. So I guess Edmonton, we'll cover a little bit of that. Adam Fox, so, you know, not even 24 hours after having the goal um, to beat the Kraken, signs a seven-year, $65.5 million deal at an annual average value of $9.5 million. I mean, he won the Norris Trophy last season for the best defenseman in the NHL. He's only 23 years old. This guy grew up in Long Island. He's a native New Yorker. He's basically been a Ranger his entire life, and he's one of, if not the best defensemen in the league. And it showed when you're watching the game because watching the Rangers fly around, and again, still being new to all of this, I'll stop repeating that. People get it at this point, I'm sure. But what really stuck out to me about the game is every time the Kraken had a good shot at scoring a goal, which they had plenty of, and it's actually kind of criminal that we haven't mentioned Shesterkin um, playing out of his freaking oh, mind, it was sick, He was crazy. Did you know that? Okay, so I had to look this up prior to That's Eberlees- the Rangers, oh. Rangers goaltender, by the way. Yeah, the, sorry, the Rangers, the Rangers, uh, goaltender prior to Eberle's no look backy in the second, he had not allowed in goal in more than 95 minutes of game time. I mean, and he's the and he's the reason why. Their record is so good. I mean, they're they're also a good team. But anyways, I was excited to see Adam Fox play. I was not excited to see him get the game-winning goal against the Kraken. But I'm also, you know, it's like Edmonton that's going to be starting here soon. I'm excited to see Connor McDavid skate, just trying to see what these guys do. I mean, he's probably the best player in the NHL.
0: Yeah, well, so he he is. And, um, you know, back to the Rangers. That's a deal, by the way, for Adam Fox, you know, averaging. Nine he's he's legit. I mean, he's legit. He, he won... He won the Norris at 22 or whatever. I yep. mean, the guy's so good. He's so silky smooth. He's just a great defenseman. But he also scores he scores goals like crazy. He's a great playmaker. Um, the dude is legit. And, and yeah, the Rangers. You know, uh, they won the game with goaltending and defense. I mean, the Rangers did not play the best game. Uh, and uh, I think it is fair to say that the Kraken put, even though they lost three to one, mm-hmm. they they put on a really awesome you know uh, performance that night so or that afternoon so did yeah. you did you catch any of the crowd like was were the crowd at, at climate plays were they dressed up with their how was there halloween costumes did you see any like, of that stuff
1: all right this is going to come across as me being a little bit harsh on the on the home crowd which i am a part of so all i will say is this i was disappointed by the lack of costumes that i saw in the arena i mean there was a lot okay. of official kraken gear which is great but i i expected to see a lot more like tan you know Tanév's ghost and stuff like that. I didn't see a lot of costumes. Maybe it was different. Maybe they, they were getting the wrong angle, whatever. But yeah, I didn't notice a lot of uh, a lot of costumes in the crowd. And you know what? I just actually I just saw something that I wanted to share with you. So Shesturkin, again, the goaltender for the Rangers. Shesturkin. <laughs> it sounds like uh what's that move? Oh my God! I'm referencing a video game here now, and I'm drawing a Street Fighter two. Fighter, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shesterkin sounds like one of Street Harukin. Fighter. Or whatever, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.
0: Shosturkin. Shosturkin. Every time he, every time he makes a
1: yes. the save. Dude, they, should like, that, they should tee that up. You're welcome, Rangers. No, so yeah. this is what I noticed, too. There was a there's a point in the game where Tanev, well, he had a couple of opportunities, but a really, really big one, where it's basically kind of like a one-on-one scenario. Shosturkin came and had such a ridiculous save, and it led to a breakaway for the Rangers, and they end up scoring the goal. And I'm watching, and I'm like, that's it that's the moment in the game because of Tana scores there, which I was, I thought it was going in um, all, all the momentum was in favor of the Kraken. I'm like, if this goal goes in, it's two, one Kraken. We're dominating the game. This is going to be over. Instead it completely flips based off of the incredible play of their goalie. So I hate to say it, but hats off to him because that one play and, you know, just his play throughout the night determined the entire outcome of the game.
0: Oh yeah, no, it was. And, and, Going back to the very beginning here, you had mentioned this about the the game um, uh, against the the Wild. Is yeah. you know, Jared McCann was out right because yes. of the COVID protocol. So like you know, mm-hmm. your leading score is out. I mean, if he's in and playing, I think we might have had uh, a better outcome for that. So like, you know, there was there was something there. So the Kraken still had an amazing game even in the loss, and I think if, if McCann's around, you know, they're they're doing a lot better. So. It was an awesome game. The Rangers are, are really good. Uh, I think the Kraken are in every single game. I stand by this. I stand by this. We are now in November, November 1st. If we walk out of November at 500 or better, I, and we might have to be a little bit better than 500, but I think I think we're a playoff team. I think it can happen. So okay. I I do. And stick we're, you to know, your guns. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm, I hopefully they, they figure this out. You know, what? The 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 division we're in, and now we're kind of moving into talking about what's coming up this week. Yes. Uh, there's it's kind of surprising. It's 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 a little surprising. The Flames. Nobody really knew what to expect from the Calgary Flames. They're off to a hot start, pun intended. Um, they're yeah, doing great.
1: They're sitting on top of the division. And I will make a quick note though, because it's so early in the season. We are seventh, you know, out of eighth in the division. However, there is only six points separating us from Calgary. So you know seven and yeah. seven and 13 is is where things are at right now so there there's plenty of time it's a long season we can make this up and I do believe that the team is trending in the right direction in fact after the Rangers game uh Grubauer literally had a quote where he said I think everybody is heading in the right direction so yeah,
2: yeah. They,
1: they, they know yeah they they know that they are doing all the right things I honestly felt like a kid or sorry I actually felt like an adult or a parent like watching their kid grow up in the Rangers game. I was, it was such a proud moment to watch the team play that way again, the loss, whatever, but I don't know. It was just, it was incredible to see the team really come together like that. I'm like, I'm watching these guys grow up before my eyes and you can tell the difference.
0: Oh, it's, it's just fun to watch and to put the, the standings in perspective, right? So there's four, you know, there's four divisions in, in the NHL, mm-hmm. the Pacific division, which Really was seen as the worst of the four divisions, is probably the second best, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're looking at the Pacific Division, you know, the Kraken, we're, we're at the bottom, right? But the, the Canucks, the Kings, we all have seven points, right? The Golden Knights, who are supposed to be amazing, um, they're having a slow start. They've got eight points, right? The Ducks, who are supposed to suck, they've got nine points. And the Sharks <laughs> are also supposed to suck. They're doing great. Goaltending is great. Like, this whole yeah. division's awesome. If we were in the Central Division, uh, the Coyotes, who we luckily play uh this weekend coming up, yes, they yes. suck, they suck bad. And the Blackhawks are just going through, just I mean, obviously, with all the horrible you know, sexual abuse stuff that came to light over this past week. And um, that that team is just getting their hands slapped like crazy, as they should, because it's just should. right there's, there's just so much that's going to come from that. I mean, honestly, you know, like. I, I mean we could get into it but I mean I, I think a lot of people knew what was going on and what are you doing and why why are you not speaking up to defend somebody who is being sexually abused it's just so the Blackhawks are are going to have a horrible season because they just are so distracted by some craziness as they should they got a clean house there but back mm-hmm. to hockey stuff um, the the Kraken are going to be fine I think they're going to be fine I really think they're going to be okay I mean they're you know Three, five, and one. They're looking all right. So we're in a tough division. I, I, I don't know if these teams can going to keep that pace up. The Oilers, the Oilers who are playing tonight, I mean, obviously by the time you're listening to this podcast, you'll know the results of what happened because yeah. uh, we released these things on Tuesday. But man, they were expected to be good and they are good. The craziest thing that I found from you know researching how the Oilers are doing so far is they're pretty much 50% on the power play which means, oh, wow. you know, yeah. So like they're, you know, they get a power play. They're pretty much scoring a goal, right? So like 50% on the power play is fantastic. That means that you are clicking on all cylinders and you are totally, you know, you're, you're scoring goals. You're doing things right. So the Oilers are a really, really tough team and they're so fast. It's going to be fun to watch Ugh. because I feel like, I feel like the Kraken are starting to get their speed, their transition game. I feel like they're they're looking like they know what they're doing um, with the offense. You know, they're coming in and they they they're making plays, which is interesting. So, you know, I really don't know. I don't have a gut vibe for this game tonight. It's a Monday night. Uh, you know, division rival yeah. and a really good team. I, I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict. Okay, this is going to be a high scoring game. I think I think the Kraken win it. I'm just going to go crazy here. Six to five. I'm going to say six to five. They win it.
1: Wow, okay, yeah, you're really putting yeah. yourself out there. I am not as confident. Mm-hmm. I don't see the crack in winning this. Um if there were to steal a game over the next three games, I think they steal Buffalo at home, which is the next game, and then hopefully take care of the Yotes on the road. What I so that's interesting about the power play and them and them being fifty percent, but I'm not surprised, and I'm gonna throw another stat at you. So the leading score for Edmonton. Is of course Connor McDavid in the seven games that they have played so far this season. He has 16 points. That's on seven goals and nine assists. <laughs> crazy. So McCann is our leading scorer. He's at seven points on three goals and four assists in nine games. So we have two more games, and Graham McCann's been out one. He might be out tonight. Again, by the time you hear this podcast, Edmonton and Kraken have played. But Basically, Connor McDavid is doubling our top score stats across the board. So, when you have a center like that, you're going to score. I mean, this guy's the real deal. He's the best player in the NHL. I'm excited to watch the Kraken, but I'm also kind of equally excited to see what Connor McDavid does. If the Kraken lose tonight, I'm not surprised. I already told myself over the next three games, again, Edmonton, Buffalo, Arizona, I told myself if the Kraken can find a way to steal one. And take care of the Yotes. And um and these three games being at two and one, I'm very, very happy with those results. If they end up so, being one and two, I'm not surprised. But I'll take I will take two and one as a massive victory.
2: NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. And One dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's
0: what's exciting to find out: is as of right now, uh, you've got Edmonton with you know amazing power play, but mm-hmm. guess who's who's fourth in the league on the penalty kill? Fourth best penalty kill is your Seattle Kraken. So, you know, we'll see who wins that battle. I mean, you're talking about it's just you know literally all world. Uh, players on their their first power play unit so yep, you know i i don't know what's gonna happen now buffalo has been sneaky good you know they don't have jack eichel around and i think that's freeing them up they've got a solid base you know their goaltending is is phenomenal yep. um defensively they're playing great i mean like I, they are when it comes to goaltending stats like you know fourth or fifth in the league um so Buffalo has been a really good surprise because really a lot of the dumpster fire teams that were supposed to be dumpster, dumpster fire teams are not. So it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know what to expect from Buffalo either. I think, I think the Kraken beat Buffalo. It's at home. It's at climate pledge arena. I think they do. I think Buffalo comes here and, you know, I, I think we, we beat them, but it's going to be a tight game, which will be fun to see. Cause I do feel like, you know, the Kraken can, can roll and score and they can play with whoever comes to climate pledge or, they can play with whoever they go and visit, you know? So it's, it's going to be, and and again, the coyotes, you know, in Arizona, you got to win that game. They're just, they're just so bad. They're a giant mess. So hopefully they, uh, they come away with that. So, you know, we've got a long, long path to go here, but I think November, if the Kraken can get out of November 500 or better, I think that they're just going to continue to get better through the season and we'll really see who the who the contenders are. I think I think they're going to make the playoffs. So, you know, it's it's still exciting. Are you getting did you order a turbo jersey?
1: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because we did not talk about this before recording the podcast. I have not ordered the sweater yet, but I will. I am confirming right now this is breaking news on the podcast. I am absolutely doing a Brandon Tanev sweater and I'm going old school. I'm not doing turbo on the back. I got some shit for it, not only from you, but I got some shit for on, for on Twitter, which I, I don't know if I deserve or not. I just, you know, okay, let me say this being new. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that again are are new that are listening to this. I did not know that old school hockey heads, such as yourself go with the straight up name. Like nicknames are not even a thought. So when I brought it up to you, your reaction genuinely was like, don't do it. Like, Get the get Tanev on the back. Don't get turbo. However, you're open minded, right? You're like, hey, man, whatever the fuck makes you happy, yeah, I'm happy you. for you. So, I'm, this is a note. We're not jersey shaming here. Like, do whatever the hell you want. You want to do a custom? <laughs> I don't give a shit. Whatever makes you happy. As long oh, as you're repping the Kraken, I'm good with it. So,
0: so, um, I, you know, the jersey shaming, um, I actually have, I've got like, I think 10. 10 jerseys you know from i I follow i I really actually loved the canucks when i was a kid i grew up in detroit huge red wings fan still am that team has got a lot going on and i'm so excited for the red wings um they 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 have a chemistry they've got a young squad they've got a bunch of rookies that are scoring like crazy they're taking everybody um to the limit you know and so i'm loving that right but i kind of like bounced around and i was so into hockey and i have been my whole life that i kind of like you know fell in love with teams at different times so the Vancouver Canucks, when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Rangers, um, they went to a Game 7. And this was like, you know, in 93-94. This is the epic, one of the best Stanley Cup runs ever for the Rangers. This is the epic. Um, they were down. Uh, Mark Bessier predicted he'd win, he, he they would win Game 6 against the Devils and end the series in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that was like... Huge, crazy news. He said, we're going to we're gonna win. And he did it. And he went out and I think scored the goals. And I could be totally wrong about all the details there, maybe even the teams, but you should look up that, watch a video about the epic Stanley Cup run. But, you know, I'm not, I kind of go for the underdog. So like I wasn't a Rangers fan, although it was fun to watch. Um, I, I love the Canucks. I really did. And uh, one of my favorite players in the Canucks uh, who was the captain and he was the GM for a long time, uh, Trevor Linden, right? So Trevor Linden, I got a, my second um, customized Jersey was a Trevor Linden Jersey. It's the black Canucks logo, you know, with the, uh, the skate, you know, like the, the weird crazy looking skate, but here's where I should be Jersey shamed is I didn't have it right. in the guys at the hockey store where I got it, they, could have cared less they ask you like what do you want you know i had to fill out a form and maybe i'll fix it but he's the captain and the c on the sweater is supposed to be red outline yellow uh inside for the letter well i did the reverse on accident so it's not (laughs) it's not perfect it's one of my favorite jerseys of all time but it's not perfect because the c's messed up it's wrong So so like
1: you paid for that authentic Jersey of your favorite player and you unintentionally made it look like a knockoff is what is basically what you did. Like, it looks like you yeah. bought it like in a flea market in yeah. Manhattan somewhere. Yeah. Someone's going to, yeah. and, and a, and a hockey fans going to look at that and be like, what's up with the, with the fucking captain colors, man. And you're like, I know this is a problem. I promise well, you, I pay full price. This is not a knockoff.
0: So we're supposed to go, we're supposed my wife and I and the family and like, we're all going to big family trip. We're supposed to go, on a Disney cruise uh, <laughs> next uh, next year in, in 2022 in May. And it takes off uh out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I'm pumped. I can't wait to go to Vancouver. Like maybe I can sneak down to, you know, to Seattle. Now, obviously it's going to be in May. So like, unless the, unless the Kraken are in the Stanley Cup finals, um I'm not going to see a hockey game with the Kraken. But like, I want to bring that jersey. But you're right. If I walk down the streets of Vancouver with that jersey on, I get like little kids who weren't even alive when – Trevor Lynn was the captain. Was like, "Your your C's wrong. That's totally wrong. Like, I'm gonna get destroyed. Like I'm 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 nervous about it right now. Honestly, if they're gonna so,
1: shame you in the streets like Cersei in Game of Thrones. Like you're gonna be walking yeah. through just being shame. 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 shame, shame, shame. That's what's gonna happen. But I'm gonna have to right. do it, and you'll deserve it, and you'll and you know it too. You you need to. What you need to do is you need to smuggle it across the border like in a briefcase or something, and then you need to. You need to duck off down like a dark alley somewhere and find a shop and then do some CD exchange oh, yeah. where you you know make an all cash offering to somebody to go ahead and swap out the colors for you and get that jersey yes. right.
0: Have you seen Gremlins?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Okay, good. All right. So like like the shop where they fu- they found Gizmo. Yes, the, the Mogwai shop. And it's like a, <laughs> that's I'm gonna find in Vancouver. It's like this, you know, the smoke and the guy who's like oh, it's gonna be awesome. All right. Yeah. So, dude, I'm just telling you. If you do turbo, I'm not going to hold it against you. So I'm getting of, Okay. So it's exciting. I'm happy for you. I'm so pumped. Um, you know, I'm going to get a Kraken Jersey at some point too. I, I don't know if I'm going to do the name. I don't know if I'm going to do a name. I'm not sure, but um, it's so cool. I just, I don't know. I'm just, when I was a kid, I mean, I'll have to get the, the, I'll have to get the uh, collection out and go over them. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that, but anyway, the Kraken are in good shape. I still, I think I'll say that at the end of every, in the middle of every episode. But I'm, I'm pretty fired up about it. There's a lot of other things that have happened um, with the Kraken, and we have to start talking about some of the stuff, the intangibles that happened at Climate Pledge Arena. One of those things, and this is awesome. I think, I think that, and they're taking their time rolling this out. The, the game day experience, people, whoever's in charge, the marketing people at Climate Pledge Arena and, and the Seattle Kraken, uh, the greatest newest tradition in sports is the salmon tossed at the end of the game, the Seattle Kraken. If you don't know what, what this is, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty phenomenal. So at the end of every hockey game, there's, there's, they name three stars, right? And you know, if your team did great, you know, the three stars are most likely your, your team. So like uh, if it's at home um, and, and we, we win the Kraken win, you know, all three players might be Kraken. So anybody, any of the three stars that are cracking they 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 come back out the tunnel and i think this is awesome is i don't know if you noticed this or not joey but the staff are dressed as fishermen and they hand a foam or a stuffed salmon mm-hmm. to the player who's one of the three stars he autographs it and then he comes out waves it around and throws it you know, over the glass to an awaiting fan, and Turbo was like, you know, one of the stars when they first unveiled this, and so was grew and they interviewed him, and they thought, this is the weirdest, awesomest thing, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is really cool, and of course, you yeah. know, it's all it's all it's all based off of, uh, you know, the Pike Place Market, market. which is. Yeah. Which is totally famous. Like, you know, I'm not from Seattle, but I know what this is where you tossing the, they toss the fish across the, the, you know, 16 different booths and stuff. And they're like throwing the, it's, it's awesome. It looks great. So I think they really killed it with this awesome thing. Like I would love to, to be able to take an autographed salmon home. So I think they did a great job, uh, you know, getting, getting this tradition started. And I, I think it's fantastic. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm um, I'm partial to it because this is my team, and I think, like you said, they're doing a really good job of starting to slowly roll out these traditions that they are, you know, instilling in the franchise and in the fan base. Um, not everything is going to be at once. Obviously, they're only going to do this after a win. They're going to take the three stars of that particular game, and then the following game, um, pre-game against the Rangers. They started doing um, like they're doing like the digital imaging on the ice before the game. So they're they're starting to build the fan experience. I fucking love the salmon toss. I love Tanev waving it over his head like a terrible towel. I'm like, all right, dude, we get it. You came from Pittsburgh, like <laughs> he's doing that. It's really funny. And what was really cool is Grubauer said that they didn't even tell the they as in the staff didn't even tell the players about this salmon toss until they had won the game and then they're handing it to him like, hey, this is what you're going to toss into the stands. He was really? saying that, yeah. So he was saying prior to that, that he had only been tossing sticks and pucks. So he was like, oh, okay. And so the version that they're actually tossing out right now are like a plush, it's a sockeye salmon. And so every year what they're going to do is it's going to be a different version of, uh, or different species of, of a salmon every season. So they're treating the, the salmon like freaking Pokemon, man. It's like what? this year, yeah, this year it's the sockeye. Next year, who who the hell knows what it's going to be? So these are going to be like some coveted items because you can only get the sockeye in this particular year. After that, they're going to switch over to something else. And it's actually really interesting because there's a group of individuals that were actually in charge of what's called the quote-unquote game night experience. And they worked with the uh, Vegas golden Knights. And now they're working with the Seattle Kraken. So these guys are basically just like traveling entertainment consultants, which honestly sounds like the most badass job of all time. So I think the salmon toss is great. It ties everything into Seattle. Yes. The Pike place market fish toss is a bit of a tourist gimmicky thing, but whatever, like the the Kraken are embracing it. They're making it their own. It works out really well. I made a comment to you how it was like the reverse octo toss that the Detroit Red Wings do. So I don't know, man, like I'm all for it. I think it's great. Um, It's just another way to kind of organically kind of push the brand out there.
0: Agreed. I think it's awesome. Something else that I caught from watching the games is I love it is the the turbo cam, the the Brandon. Yes. (laughs) Have you seen this? This is where I I
1: did see that.
0: Obviously, if you're a Kraken fan, we all know by now the epic profile photo, the player pick of, of Brandon Tan of, of, of Turbo with his eyes wide open, insane. Another one of our uh, Kraken podcast friends, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but they they did like a uh, uh, evolution of, of Turbo and it started off with him like, you know, playing, uh, where, where was he? Uh, it started off like, you know, five, six years ago, like going yes. through like the... You know the penguins and all sorts of, of and his eyes get wider and wider until it leads up to this. But they take that snapshot, uh, that picture, and they put it next to somebody in the crowd, and then the crowd, you know, the person in the crowd, the fan, has to make
1: the, you know, the the crazy eyes yeah, the like Tana turbo face, the crazy eyes. It looks like the guy yeah. from Mister Deeds. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. I think it's great. Like fuck a kiss cam, give me the tan of cam. That's yeah. that's yeah. a great thing, and that's something that you know, kind of, again, came along organically. People have really embraced it. Um, Tanev's embraced it. Like he's purposefully posing for that, you know, in the team photo. So whatever, man, go with it. Like it gets the, t- it gets the fans bought in it's all good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it, as far as the experience there, we talked in the last episode about uh, beers and how expensive things were. Yeah. Uh, I have to give props to Erica, uh, tweeting with us. Our, our Twitter is at KrakenPod. So at EricaBerry2001, we spent a lot of time talking about the booze. Uh-huh. And you had mentioned that the only flavor of Truly that was available at Climate Pledge Arena was what, the pineapple you said?
1: I believe it was, it, yeah, it was pineapple. And I was In like... first it, game. And it was a photo. But I remember being like, really, is that the only flavor they have? Are you Are going to charge however much they are charging for it? I don't know. I just thought it was absurd.
0: Well, I would like to thank Erica uh, for for tagging us and responding to our episode by saying in a tweet with a picture, by the way, to confirm this, this is breaking news confirmed at climate pledge arena, according to Erica, happy to report berry and lemonade flavors are also available.
1: So now we're good. And uh, those are some great freaking options. Like screw the pineapple. I mean, you know, I'm not going to hate on people that I enjoy the pineapple, but berry and lemonade I'll take that truly any day.
0: I've never had a Truly. It sounds delicious. So I mean, berry lemonade, the pineapple, across the board for for that sort of stuff. I mean, it's just disgusting flavor. I love pineapple, but you know, pineapple flavor is just not good. So exactly. uh, thank you, thank you for that. And uh, of course, you know what I really love is for what lies beneath, and our our podcast is we've got the the like the hard hitting stats. You know, that's what we really want to know. Is we want to know like what's up with the the booze at Climate Pledge? What are the flavors of Truly? that is the hard hitting stuff that you're going to get on this podcast. So
1: yeah, this is the um, shit that I want to know about. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can't, just, yeah. we can't just cover, you know, how many saves grew had the night before I want to know what yep. alcohol they're selling in the stadium. I want to know absolutely. how much it to costs. I want to know the backstory behind the salmon toss, like give it, give it all to me. I want all of it.
0: So here's the question I've been seeing this go around on Reddit and uh, people talking about this. Should the Kraken have a mascot? And I assume that at some point this is going to happen. So,
1: yeah,
0: I mean, not, you know, not every team, I guess most teams have a mascot. But, you know, should they have a should the Kraken have a mascot? Should it be something silly and crazy? Um, You know, like in in Philadelphia with um, uh, Gritty and, you know, that's but should it be something scary, like a crazy, you know, looking Kraken with like moving (laughs) tentacles? You know, do, do you think the Kraken should have a mascot? And what do you, what would you expect out of that mascot?
1: I am not, I'm not opposed to a mascot. The issue for me is when you bring up, should they do something crazy and wild like Gritty in Philadelphia? Gritty, and we talked about this before on a previous episode, Gritty is like lightning in a bottle. I mean, I don't even think that the, that the Philadelphia Flyers organization knew how much they had struck gold when they put together the concept for Gritty. So in order for a team to replicate that, I think is next to impossible. It kind of has to just come together and you got to be really lucky. I, I really don't know. Again, I'm really open to the idea. I thought of like some really funny ones, like a Zoidberg um, from Futurama, like a scenario like that. <laughs> well, there's
0: the so, meme. That, so here's, here's, I think they should do this. I think they should, and here's why. So mm-hmm. the memes you've seen is like, you know, uh, should, sh- you know, sh- what's the meme with Zoidberg is like, you know, why not Zoidberg is like, the the uh, I, I'm not why am I explaining in a podcast a meme? This is not worth it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like on like an audio platform to discuss a visual representation of something. No man, I'm totally with you. Also, you know what I thought of though, uh, the mythical creature, and I might be fucking up the enunciation here, but Toothlu. Like Cthulhu? I, yeah, there you go. Is that how you say? Wait. Is that how you say? No, wait, know. wait, A hold on. We
0: gotta figure. It C is C T H U C-T-H-U? C T H U
1: L H U. So I, I thought it was like flu so like Whatever. Oh,
0: man, I'm gonna, it doesn't I'm, matter.
1: I'm, I've been living in in New Orleans now, so I enunciate everything all messed up, anyways. But so I I looked up the description. And it's a he, and he is often described as a hideous, gargant and hideous and gargantuan in size, and often linked with extreme horror and evil. He is nearly immortal, and and com- and is compromised of great strength and causes a great amount of terror. And when you look at the photos, like if the kraken were to lean in and do something, you know, terrifying to strike fear in their opponents, I think this is the route they should go. Or, like you said, they could go the complete opposite direction and do something wild and crazy like a zoidberg or a squidward or something along those lines.
0: Okay, so there's a, we're going deep here yeah. because I just googled it. Yeah, Cthulhu is a gigantic fictional humanoid alien god
1: yes. with a head
0: like an octopus and dragon wings and claws. Fucking yeah. and the Kraken is, you know, more like the octopus squid, uh-huh. right? Yes. But when oh, you so, see
1: images, it's terrifying. Like, oh, this is real. Also, I feel like we're going to get a lot of tweets about our enunciation on this, which is fine. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I'm, I'm going to Google that next. We're going to figure this out before the podcast yeah. is over. But yeah. two, my two trains of thought are this. On the Zoidberg thing, Matt Greinig, okay, the creator of The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, and, and the creator of Futurama. Mm-hmm. Do you know where he's from?
1: Do not tell me he's a Washington state freaking born and raised. Is he, is he native to Washington state?
0: No close. And, I, and look, it's hockey. And I know there's, is there, is there, is there a rivalry with Portland?
1: I mean, Portland like, doesn't have a hockey. general is what it is. No, I mean, no, no, not really. Actually uh, Washington in general shows, shows Oregon a lot of love and we've talked about this before again too, but you know, we, we, we do get grouped in a lot of things together because we're the Pacific Northwest. Is that where he's from though? is Portland?
0: Yeah, he's from Portland. So they should totally be talking to him if if they made Zoidberg, okay, a, a Kraken mascot, that would win, That would win. I think they should do
1: that, okay? So oh, man, no. that would totally work. I had no idea he was from there. That would also embrace like the nerdy side of like the Seattle oh, fandom, which I'm all for. This is this is amazing. I like we are going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you just thought of something.
0: We, we need to start a petition. And and look, I, maybe you're not into it like I am, but like we should start a petition.
1: And I'm into to it to get
0: Matt Groening Gronig, Granig to like allow and license Zoidberg to the kraken that would be hilarious people would love that that would be so awesome now you could so you know you got you got the if you watch futurama like zoidberg's awesome right now here feel me on this just stay with me for a second do you know of a band by the name of guar
1: do yes
0: absolutely i've
1: actually seen guar live too
0: so what Guar if you don't know who Guar is Guar if you you know Beavis and Butthead made make Guar more famous than they were cuz they're not really that famous but um so Beavis and Butthead back in the day and I'm old and this is you know they you know Guar 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 is a band that is from outer space and they never ever ever drop that fictional scenario like they're all Mm -hmm. space aliens and they're all space alien like it's a it's like they're a sex cult too um it's like crazy but it's all they wear giant foam costumes it's over the top ridiculous and there is a giant foam monster thing that eats fans during the show (laughs) did you witness this when you saw yeah, Guar. I
1: did, and it was a really long time ago. They also do a thing where they're like, there's like fake blood going everywhere. Like their shows are shows. It's it's pretty wild.
0: It's nuts. Like you, yeah. yeah go see even if you're not even if even if you like classical music, that's like you us go it. see Guar. Yeah,
1: look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So anyway, like back to the Kraken. They should take a page out of Guar. If they don't go funny, hilarious, sarcastic, ironic with uh, Zoidberg they should go over the top insane and they should eat. They should have Cthulhu or Thululu <laughs> eat fans, like going up and down, you know, like the, you know, walking up and down the steps and like literally like just finding and eating yes. people, like, you know, making people jump into this giant like foam monster
1: mouth. And that's like, not be- when you buy a ticket to climate pledge arena, because you might be murdered. Like you might be paying a ticket, to the end of your demise like that's how real the kraken are and that's the risk you're willing to take as a fan of this team oh yeah no totally yeah so
0: (laughs) i think we should go i think so either way zoidberg funny or they go hardcore cthulhu and that's where cthulhu eats the fans and also too i just found this i don't know if this is going to work i'm going to try and i'm going to hit the pronunciation off of google so let's see if this this works i don't know if it works or not um let's see no I don't want to do that darn it just say it it's trying to take over my microphone cthulhu's trying to take over my microphone
1: we're leaving no. all this in we're leaving all this in the podcast we're not editing any No stuff.
0: no we shouldn't be. no I will not let this <laughs> demonic sea god take over my microphone so now I'm looking at the pronounce the phonetic pronunciation it is cthulhu boom that's how you say cthulhu. it
1: okay there you yeah. go well we were close if there's like a uh, a mashup between you and I real talk though I think if they don't get Matt Groening to give us the rights to Zoidberg, that if they are not at least working with him on developing a mascot, then they've really dropped the ball here. And I think that this is something that we, that we need to be pushing out there.
0: No, I'm, we're making, dude. I'm I'm gonna go. I don't know what, like, you know, I don't know which, I don't know which website we use, but I'm gonna create a petition. We are gonna own this. We are gonna tweet this. We're gonna put it on Reddit. We're gonna put it everywhere. We're starting a petition to make Zoidberg the mascot of the Seattle Kraken yeah. and try to make that happen. So let's do this and we're going to get like 20 signatures and it's going to fall <laughs> on its face and nobody's going to care, but we're doing this. We need to do this. All right. So we're going to do that. All right. Yeah. So we have pretty much covered everything from the actual on the ice, um, you know, the Kraken reaction with, with the team talking about client pledge arena. Did we miss anything else? Was there anything else? Cause there's some other things we have to get to here that we may have missed.
1: No, nah, man, that's, that's everything on my end. I think, I think we're all good. We can move on to, uh, to some hockey history.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And this also involved Twitter is, uh, the day after, I don't think it was Sunday. It might've been Friday morning. You know, the day after the, um, the wild win.
2: It was, and- after the,
1: it was after the wild game. And I noticed too that it was Tanev and his compression shirt and it was all tore the fuck up. And I was like, is this normal? Like what's going on here?
0: So, you know, I, I tweeted and made some fun of it. It's like, hey, can we get turbo like a new compression shirt here, guys? And I, somebody tweeted back and said, you know, it's it's probably superstition. And then made fun of us as like, you know, uh, you don't get it. You're not a hockey guy, which I totally do. As soon as that dude, like he got me. He's also living rent free in my head. He he absolutely got me on this because it's true. Hockey players are some of the most superstitious people in sports, Mm -hmm. um, as uh, across the board, they're just weird. And there's, I think more hockey players that have some really strange rituals, um, and superstitions when it comes to getting ready for the game, that sort of thing. So with, you know, Brandon Tannev's shirt, he probably doesn't want to get a new one, even though it's like ripped with holes because he's kicking ass and he's probably had that for a very long time. And it's his good luck thing. So in honor of Turbo's holy, as in like holes, compression shirts, I figure I could share with you some of the weirdest rituals slash superstitions in
1: hockey in this segment
0: of hockey history. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm super pumped for this.
0: Okay. So with that, do you know... What and you have never really watched a NHL playoff, right? I mean, maybe you've kind of in here and there. Very
1: loosely, whenever the Avs were in it, yeah.
0: Do you, is there anything that you notice in the playoffs that happens with the players, specifically their appearance? Um, that that playoff when beards. they playoff beards, yes, yeah. yep. So that is one of the biggest. This is not weird, but it's probably the most famous superstition in hockey it's not necessarily and i think it's kind of leaked into other sports a little bit but there's no specific tie to who started this although according to the stuff that i found apparently with the islanders in the early 80s they won four stanley cups in a row by the way amazing awesome team in the early 80s that's that's where the playoff beard has rumored to have started now here's the deal is what is the playoff beard superstition well you get into the playoffs and you, as long as you keep winning, you don't shave. So, you know, the teams that go to the Stanley cup, they're going to have like half the team that they're going to have huge Paul Bunyan beards. And what's funny to watch is like, you know, some, some guys just can't really grow a great beard. So like, you've got some weird, weird beards out there and it's a thing though. It's definitely a thing is, you know, you have this tradition of you know growing the beard when you're in the playoffs. There's also two, here's another weird one. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but when the Eastern Conference title is won, or the Western Conference title is run, won, the trophies, okay, the trophies that are handed out. Because, you know, if you win to go to the Stanley Cup Finals and you're, you know, in the Eastern Conference, you as a team are awarded a trophy. And I don't know which one's which, because I, I nobody really cares about these. It's the Clarence Campbell and Prince of Wales trophies, right? Okay. but The tradition is don't touch it. You cannot touch it. The teams more often than not. And this has happened in the past couple of years. I've noticed where they don't give a shit and they do pick it up. And like, when I first saw this, I'm like, I'm not even joking. I'm like, I'm not even trying to be funny. It's like my heart skipped a beat. It's like, Oh my God. I think, was it the Blackhawks back in the day? Um, I forgot, but you're not supposed to touch it. And the reason being is that, you know, it's bad luck to pick up that trophy and, and carry it around because, you want the Holy Grail, which is the Stanley Cup. So,
1: That's more so often than funny. not, sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
0: No, say more often than not, what happens is you've got Gary Bettman or somebody, whoever's out there, presenting the the trophy to the teams. Like, and we would like to award the, the, to the you know the Eastern Conference champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Clarence Campbell Trophy, or which we or the Prince of Wales, I don't know which one it is, and they like take a picture in front of it, and then they just literally skate off and they leave it on the table. They don't touch it, which is awesome to see.
1: It's also awesome because that's the complete opposite of what they do with the Stanley Cup. Like you see those motherfuckers in a swimming pool with it. It's at a strip club. They're drinking beer out of it. Like literally, it's like it's the opposite of hands off. If anything, like that thing needs to be sterilized.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's 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 disgusting. Like we could talk, and as we get you know you know more towards the the playoffs, we should talk about like the famous stories of what has happened, <laughs> what has happened with the Stanley Cup, and like how the shit gets it gets the shit beat out of it left and right and they you know drop it and they have to fix it and i forgot the guy's name but he's got the he's the keeper of the cup i forgot his name he's got like the most epic 70s hair like he looks like your uncle you know who um hasn't cut his hair in forever um and you know he's like 65 and he's still rocking that sort of like i mean this sounds terrible but like 70s you know dude porn star hair you know and he, yep. anyway so that's, that's him. So he's probably got some good stories of what <laughs> happens to the Stanley cup, but, um, you know, there's, there are, um, a lot of really good players that have crazy rituals. Sidney Crosby from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh-huh. Um, he is notorious for, you know, like, and I don't, I don't know exactly all of his things, but like, you know, being the, the, the first guy on the ice or the last guy on the ice, how you tape your stick. If you Google it and, and watch on YouTube, there's tons of like Crosby ritual things. And he's so, that's why he's so amazing. One of the best players ever is because he's so like regimented in how he does everything. And he yeah, does yeah, it yeah. perfectly every single time. He has to do it all a certain way. So hockey players are really superstitious, superstitious. And there's some really like messed up ones too. So, um, and, and I'm getting this from the hockey news, which is kind of cool. Cause it's cool to revisit some of these. I knew this one, but I really didn't. Know that it was habitual. He did it all the time. Patrick
1: Wah, yeah, uh, super you your know, favorite super goalie famous. of all time, right? What's that? You know, Who? <laughs> I'm giving you shit. I'm like, that's your favorite Ooh, goalie. Of all time. The Red Wings. Whoa, whoa. He is your number one most hated. Is that is that your most hated player? Mm, is it because man, he scanned out to center ice and threw the fisticuffs
0: no, it was awesome because um, Chris Osgood beat the shit out of him, which is awesome. Yeah, he, like, he he won he he won the the fight. Um, no, because he was he you know that's what makes him great. That's why makes him great. He is so competitive. He's an asshole. Yeah. Um, what I love is you know we're talking about Patrick Waugh, and he he's he's great. Um, actually he's he's one of the he's done a lot for the game. Right, he's done a lot for the game. He's, you know, yeah. coach and all that sort of stuff. But um, I'll never forget is the Red Wings are the are, were the straw that broke the camel's back to get him out of Montreal. So, okay. you know, I, I grew up watching Patrick Waugh as a Montreal Canadian and like, like, Oh my gosh. He's like, he's, you know, he's never going to leave. Well, there was a whole bunch of shit going on. The Canadians were starting to suck. And I think this was like in the, yeah, it was in the mid nineties. Right. And uh, I'll never forget it is he was fighting with the coach I forgot who it was at the time, you know, some epic, amazing, awesome coach. And uh Patrick Waugh is playing in Detroit and the Red Wings just railed him. And uh-huh. he was he was fighting with the, the team. The coach screwed him over and left him in. And he was having a horrible night. What? They scored okay. They scored nine goals on Patrick Waugh. you got to Google it, too. They scored nine goals. It was like nine so to So the nothing. coach
1: gave him the middle finger and said, F you, because of their controversy. I'm yeah. leaving you in this game, and you're going to finish it, despite him having nothing in the tank. And then he gets yeah. nine on him.
0: It was awesome. I loved it because I hated him so much. Yeah. I hated him so much. And he melted down on the ice. He melted down in the locker room, as he should. It's embarrassing. I mean, he was having a shitty night. And when you have yeah. a shitty night as a goalie, you, like you go sit on, you, you know, it's time to sit down, put the backup in. And typically your coach has your back, but you know, it's they, left him, yeah,
1: they left him out there to, yeah, they left him out there to die. Probably bad, because, brutal.
0: yeah, probably because Patrick was an asshole and yeah. he was an asshole back then. And he thought that he was, you know, God's gift to hockey. And he, after that night, he, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if he played again for the Canadians. He got traded to Colorado. And mm. that's that's what then also started the Colorado Detroit Red Wings rivalry, which turned into like crazy stuff. But here's the th- yeah. we're talking about traditions. He's a nut job. He talks to his post. He would talk to the goalposts. What? That, that was his thing. He would literally talk to them. So, like, if, you know, the plays stop, he would he would go and talk to them and he was he's, a, he's know, a
1: certified psychopath. Like, he's actually crazy. He's a crazy asshole.
0: Yeah. 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 No. So there's there's. Uh, Wayne Gretzky had one too which was kind of cool um, he this is what he would do between periods so between periods he would down a diet coke he'd drink a diet coke between periods and then he'd drink water and then a Gatorade and then he, he would drink all of that mm-hmm, he's not flying what?
1: around he's not flying around the eyes like I'm about to piss my pants like that would mess with me big time
0: I mean he's probably sweating it out right?
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's a, that's a very specific, like I'm going to slam this diet Coke water and a Gatorade.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's got to get the, he, maybe the diet Coke takes the electrolytes out and then he does the Gatorade. But um, that was his, that was his thing. Um, Interesting. Now I did not know this one. I read it and I went, Oh my God. I had no idea. Glenn Hall, who is like one of the original you know, he's like the goalie, right? Like from the fifties, like the old school era, Glenn Hall is like, Mm -hmm. you know, a legend, right? A legend. Um, and, and I'm just going to kind of read this is he confirmed this in a 2011 interview. I did not know this happened, but he would get himself ready for a game by making himself throw up. And He did this before every game and he says that he could, he could, he felt like he could play better. He would make himself get sick before every single game. So like, even if he didn't have anything to eat, he would go drink some water and then make himself throw up. So like he would, he would make himself throw up before every single game. It was his thing. That was his, his ritual. If you will. A part of
1: me so, kind of understands that because I feel like this is something where he had the nerves going, and this is what made him feel good, and maybe he just enjoyed the process. I don't know. I kind of I can I can kind of understand it. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I, I can totally. You know, I I I get that vibe. Is like, you know, when you got something going on, you know, some food poisoning or whatever, and you just feel like you're gonna die, and then you throw up and you feel better, right? So I mean, maybe he felt lighter or but it was this, it was this thing. There's some weird things that hockey players do. It is definitely a hockey thing. You know, these, these rituals, these superstitions, hockey Mm -hmm. players are very superstitious. If you know of one and you're a hockey fan, please, you know, find us, you know, tweet at Kraken pod and let us know about your favorite one, because there's some really, really weird ones out there. So, you know, are you going to start throwing up before every podcast? That we I already
1: did today. Yeah, just oh, because good. i was so good. Good over it. Okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was an awesome transition. It was, vol- it was not
1: voluntary. Moving on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, look, this is what lies beneath Seattle Kraken podcast, and as you can tell, you know, we talk about the Kraken, we talk about hockey. You know, we're not breaking down every single stat here, but one thing that we are, are super big fans of, and I'm super proud of is, you know, Joey is, is pretty new to hockey. He's all in on being a Kraken fan. So he's learning about the game. And I'm actually learning about the game, you know, from from this as well, which is interesting. But one big thing is this podcast is for you if you don't know much about hockey and you're learning just like we are about the Kraken, right? So something that we like to talk about and something we're big fans of, no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions when it comes to hockey. This is your safe space to ask those questions right so joey you had a good one what is your no dumb question for this episode
1: yeah so and this is something that i've um i particularly noticed um in the kraken and rangers game so i want to know why is it that on a face-off guys are either swapped out or they have them removed because i'm watching the player reaction when it happens and a lot of times it seems like there's they're either pissed off or they're confused. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is not something that they agreed to. So they're getting yanked. And I'm just, I'm yeah. trying to understand. That's my question. Why are these guys getting pulled on a face off and what determines so they're,
2: that?
0: Well, the, the ref, the referee, he, he determines that the, the referee who is, um, you know, putting the puck down, there's rules for face-offs and when somebody gets tossed from the face-off circle, uh, which I like to call being pitchforked, right? So you get the pitchfork like hey, and you get tossed from the playoff circle. Yeah. Um or from from the faceoff circle. You got caught cheating pretty much, right? So and what is that is if you are so what happens is the the referee, you know, the 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 two players taking the faceoff. So they get to the faceoff dot and they're lining up and the ref is going to put the puck into play. You cannot put your stick down on the ice. So you can't put your stick down before uh, he puts the puck down. So basically, okay. what it is, what it is, is like they got caught cheating because they were either trying to get their stick down first and they started moving before he actually put the puck down, and he got caught, um, or somebody's getting down there, and getting physical, like trying to like you know screw around you know, mess with the other player, that sort of thing. It's, it's very subjective. So when you see that happen, it basically is they were caught cheating in the playoff or in the, I keep saying playoff in the face-off circle. So So this
1: happens all the time because I'm watching guys get pulled on face-offs constantly. So in my mind, they're just trying to constantly get an advantage. And the analogy that just popped up in my head is when I'm watching football, and there's like an offsides, right? Let's say like an offensive player move before the snap. Is that kind of like the equivalent of like they're trying to get an advantage or trying to time it out a little bit, but maybe they're a little bit eager on it. I mean, I'm sure there's other circumstances where they're flat out being aggressive and they're going to get yanked for that too. But it sounds like it's also more of a timing thing and they're kind of trying to cheat. Even if it's a fraction of a second, it's going to, you know, it's going to get them the advantage in the face off.
0: Yeah. That's pretty much it is like, you know, and this is not compared to NHL. I used to love taking faceoffs because, you know, you, you, <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. You try to, you try to like get in it, like you try to time it right, like yeah. You can play it, you know, a couple of different ways. It's like you can just try to be really quick with the stick, and then NHL quick versus beer league quick is two different things. Um, you know, if usually the other guys sleeping or not paying attention, but like you can also too, like when the puck drops, you can just like jump in and physically use your body and like not take the puck, you know back with the stick. So like there's a whole bunch of different ways to do this and, and to try and win a faceoff. but yeah, I mean, it happens so fast. I mean, and that's how the puck gets put into play. Like faceoffs are important to a team, especially when it's like an important face-off. If it's a face-off in your zone and you know, you're in front of your goalie, I mean, you definitely want to, you don't want the other team to win that face-off because they're in the offensive zone and they got a chance to score. So you're going to try and cheat. So basically when you get kicked out of the faceoff circle, you know, you got caught cheating. You either were moving your stick, you know, before he put the puck into play, the referee put the puck into play, or you were being a little too physical, or you were, you know, getting in the other player's face. There's like a whole bunch of different things that you can get tossed, you know, for. But then that's what happens is like the ref will, you know, kind of like he'll be posing um, with the puck, holding it out almost like a dinner plate. And he's like ready to put it down. And then he'll back up off the circle. Sometimes he gives warnings to the players. And if he comes back in, and they, you know, don't, and that happens a lot now that we're talking this out is you, you'll see guys get warnings uh, often and then they get tossed if it happens again. So all it is, is those, those guys at the face circle are trying to get into a better position or get there first and, and, and get that puck. So that's what happens. It's subjective. It's up to the ref. If the ref is pissed and not having it and caught the guy cheating, he can get tossed and sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll fight back because maybe they thought that they got tossed unfairly, but it's all up to the ref and somebody else has to step in to take the face off. And, you know, sometimes that, that person who comes in, that player might suck, you know? So, but there's, there's, there are, there are uh, really famous um, playoff, I'm sorry, uh, face off pros. Um, I'm trying to think of like, if you Google it and also to like, I, I know that we probably could find pretty quickly, like who's the the Kraken's best face-off, you know, player. Um, I'd have to find that stat, which I will. I'm going to go find out and see who the best face-off man is for the Kraken, which is kind of cool. So anyway, does that, does that answer your question at all?
1: Yeah, no, it really does. That's, it's really interesting. I didn't know what was going on. And again, being completely new to the game, I thought it was actually like a coaching decision. Like they were swapping somebody out, uh, you know, that they wanted on the face-off instead. Um, Oh, I've, you know, I've do another quick question. I can kind of tie into this for the face-offs face-offs. Do do the coaches, do they put in a specific lineup for that face-off? Like, can you shift out an entire shift in and shift out an entire different group of guys?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely like it's strategic. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that happen, um, you know, in a game, a lot of strategy that coaches are thinking of in the moment. And that is a big deal is like, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to match up the best players against, you know, the other team's best players or, you know, your best defensive players against like their top offensive players. And then in situations like that, where like, all right, cool guys. We're, you know, we're down a goal and there's only a few minutes left and we got to face off deep in our own zone. We need to get, you know, our boy in there, um, like Patrice Bergeron on, on the Bruins. Like he's one of the, the best. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, so we got to get, you know, him in there to, you know, make sure he wins that face off. Right. So like it's very, it is very, very important. It's a big part of the game. And, yes. So they're always kind of thinking of, like, how do we, how do we, how do we, you know, do these little things to win games? So, okay. It's, it's important.
1: Interesting. And I'm going to, um, this is on a completely different side note here. Just looking at the score because again, we are recording this while the Kraken are playing the Oilers. Yeah. I think you're getting your wish at the high scoring game. There's three minutes and 50 seconds left from the first period and it's two to one Oilers over the Kraken. So I think we're going to get the six to five. I mean, it's like, it's, it's on, it's on pace for it.
0: I'm, I'm yeah, I think so. I, I, uh, I think the Kraken are going to be, I think they're going to, I think they can pull it off. If they can win uh, against the Oilers, I mean, that'd be huge because the Oilers are off to a really, really hot start. Yep. There's a lot, there's a lot of things happening in this league right now in the NHL that nobody expected and the Kraken have kind of quietly, stayed, I think, um, you know, under the radar. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I think before anybody knows it, they're gonna be on everybody's radar as in terms of like, you know, being a really good team. And I and I do think being a playoff team. So um it's an exciting thing, man. The Seattle Kraken are off to a really great start. And I really think that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take off and 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 get this thing going. So I think we got a big week. Hopefully, we beat the Oilers. Then we got the Buffalo Sabers. I'm a little worried about them because they're off to a hot start. And then yeah. we can all kick back, enjoy some beers, and watch the Kraken whip the Coyotes. Although that that's, could be I'm a trap game.
1: I'm knocking on wood right now because it is set up. It should be a win. But if that's a disappointment, then holy hell! Especially because the game after that, they are back in Las Vegas to play the Golden Knights in T-Mobile wow. Arena. And also, how the fuck are we playing the Golden Knights? twice within a span of like a month is this i mean i don't know i get it it's within their own division but at some oh, yeah. point you got to come to seattle too
0: no they will and i forgot what the numbers are but yeah we, we're gonna play all these teams a bunch um yeah. and i you know in covid times you know it was really weird because they just you know you only played your division it was so messed up i'm so glad the league is yeah, know, back weird. to to normal but again our division is one of the best divisions in hockey, the Pacific division in the Western conference. And we were not supposed to be in this good of a division. So, you know, we're playing teams that uh, are doing great. Everybody in, in the, in the division is doing pretty well. So there's no garbage teams in our conference. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But anyway, man, well, awesome. If you have a question for us, obviously hit us up on social media. We are at crack and pod all over the place. Uh, please make sure that you are leaving us a review uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple, whatever it might be. Please, five star review. Even if you don't agree with our stats and stuff, <laughs> please give us a five star review. Please, please, please. We really could use it. But man, I'm so pumped, Joey. We've really got some, like, you know, as this podcast is just getting started, we're on episode four right now. And um, I mean, we've got some really cool fans who are really digging. To be part of this what lies beneath podcast family. So I'm I'm so happy to be doing this. This is so fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's it, man. I'm excited. Like you said, the people that have interacted with us have been super passionate. We're just getting this thing going, but it's because of, you know, all the listeners that we are able to do what we are doing. So thank you so much for tuning in. And you can catch us doing a new episode every single week, covering the Kraken, covering the NHL, hockey culture, hockey history, all of that.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's have a great week. Let's get a bunch of wins for the Kraken and we'll talk again next week. So let's go Kraken. Thanks for listening. This is What Lies Beneath, a Seattle Kraken
2: podcast.